know how powerful you are. My name is Matthew Kroll. And I never fit in for a lot of reasons, but movies were always there for me. My name is Shahir Dowd. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the 10 films that Shahir and I think were the best films of the year that we reviewed on this podcast. We have a phrase for it. I believe it's called our year in review of reviews of the year. <laughs> that is such uh, a, a tiny Venn diagram of all the movies that came out in the year. Uh, yep. So this is not officially the best movies of the year. It's just the best movies that we happen to see and discuss but we are not that alone we are because, qualified to do because we've yeah. seen them. Yeah. Well, also, if, if you like what the aim of this episode is to spread mm. the love of movies, and if you like what you hear about something that we discuss, there is a whole episode devoted to that particular film that yes. you can go back to and listen to. And we hope that you take the time to do that. Although we will also be talking about movies that we didn't. Uh, review on the show, but very briefly. Um, and so there, there, there's so much. And we've got guests. Tell us about listen, the guests. Listen, listen. Ho- okay, first and foremost, I love that this episode's a primer. It's one of my favorite ones to do every year, even yeah. though we always do it like weeks late. Like, I think this is the latest we've done it. Um, uh, I just double checked it. This is exactly the time we did it last year. Is it year. really? So it's exactly, okay. so we're, we're like, it's one year. That's, that's it's a the, tradition. It's like, no, well, it's like tax season, you know, like the, the year it comes on March 15th. <laughs> Hear that? Hear that chat? Uh, I, I was about to call it the listeners chat because I, tw- I stream on Twitch so much. Uh, hear that, listeners? Shahir, where I say it's a fun tradition. Shahir says it's, it's like tax season. tax season. Yeah, it's tax season. I'm Ned Flanders in this whole thing. Whoop. Oh, boy. December 31st. We, better get those taxes done. We, <laughs> we, we do have a... My gosh, a gaggle of guests. Uh, so again, I, I threw a white elephant party, uh, a gift exchange uh, this year, and uh, weirdly enough, we had a. a we, you're going to hear some familiar uh, friends of the show uh, through and through, and we'll announce them as they come up. But Shahir, we have a bit of a YouTube powerhouse uh, in in these in these guests. We you, have you uh, have a YouTube powerhouse. I'm I'm I am no, I'm a, I'm a I'm not a YouTube. I'm a no tube. Turned out, turned out that uh, I was lucky enough. A lot of my uh, my 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 co-tubers, I don't know what to call people, uh, other content creators, uh, basically were in town for um, uh, the Nebula holiday party, and uh, then uh, I was chatting with them, and then they were around, and and I was like, "Do you guys want to come to a white elephant party?" And then I lured them in, I roped them in to to talk about their favorite movies uh, for five to ten minutes between receiving either the best gifts of their lives or the worst possible things they could imagine. Uh, so we have we have uh, uh, Tearzoo's in the house. We have Alex Lowspec Gamer. We have uh, Joseph from Real Life Lore. There's a bunch of folks uh, going to talk about their favorite movies as we go. But at, just as is tradition, as is tax season, uh, we're gonna the, the format of this is gonna we're gonna do uh, you know one for me and Shahir or maybe one or two, then a clip, then another one for me and Shahir's you know ten nine eight seven six go down the line until we get to the coveted number one spot. Um, this is a doozy, man. We don't normally do like show formats. It's not our thing. <laughs> we don't normally come to this prepared. Is what you're no, trying no, no. to say? No, no, no. Actually, we do. We we take pretty much litigious notes. Normally, one of us does at least. Yeah, um, and, and the other not, one just that's copies not a slight. Off the, the other one, yeah, yeah the other the one just we copies just, the notes. Yeah, yeah, it's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Which no, is strange I, how we like will read the same notes and have like completely different opinions about them. Oh maybe. yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So th- th- this is uh, so much fun. Uh, I-, I guess uh, do we want to just go straight into honorable mentions, Shahir? Uh sure. I can. Uh, we can jump into some honorable mentions here. But I, I mean, maybe we'll just sort of surmise that 
it was a very strong year. Like, did you did you find that it was challenging to pick your top ten? No, not at all. But really? I did. But I did. Um, well, I, I feel like that was the. Oh, you're, you're talking about the like. Uh, like, okay, let me rephrase. <laughs> I'm saying there were so many strong films that I didn't have it. I was like, oh no, I knew. Like sometimes, like it, it's been like an okay year, and when I try to do a list like this, I'm like, I mean, I guess this could go here. None of these that are in my list are an I guess. Like okay. this is like like definitive. This is how it is in the brain of Matthew Kroll. Uh, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So no, I actually I didn't have a, a, a hard time. I mean, I did a little noodling in the middle. Yeah. Uh, in these completely arbitrary lists, and I know as Shahir has said in the past, he doesn't believe in in top ten structures. Um, That's not I what do. I said. What I said was that they're arbitrary, so we can move them around. Like who cares? Which is which essentially means you don't believe in the structure. <laughs> it doesn't mean I don't believe in the structure. It means that I think you don't adhere to the structure. I don't think they should be set in stone. I don't think saying something is definitively number three means that it is definitively the third best film of the year. You like, can definitely I'm, tell who works in YouTube and who does not here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, no, no. That that. Hey, listen. To each their own. We've done this enough. We yeah. know all of our ins and outs. We we know each other's cinematic bodies. She here. I, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like we don't. Uh, well, I, I think we've still got room are, to surprise each other. Well, well it's, it's, it's a bit let's, of long, let's get into each other's bodies right now. It's been a long civil now. union. <laughs> uh, all right. What are some of your honorable mentions? And these, uh, so my year? honorable mentions, these tend to be films that sh- could have made the list in any other time and just didn't and i felt bad that they didn't make the list that's generally my 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 these are your guilt picks it's these are my guilt the ones i was like damn i wish i'd found a role I, I will say um because of the structure of the year um uh there's a couple of films on here that would definitely would definitely make my top 10 but i discounted them because they essentially came as part of 2020 and although we didn't get to reviewing them by the time we did our best of list they were still kind of part of the 2020 year so i kind okay. of just removed them these are uh, amazing films uh the father and another round were two films you know we pretty much reviewed them right after we did our sure. top 10 list so i kind of just removed them uh from the running here because i was like well you know we've talked about those and those are, and those are excellent movies yeah. um the father in particular i i can't yeah. even I, every time i think about it i'm like holy shit that thing's so fucking good. you know there's a sequel coming right no. Yes, there is. Uh, because it was a trilogy of plays, The Father, The Son, oh, and okay. and they're doing The Son now. I think Hugh Jackman is attached to it. I can't, I can't okay, recall. all right. Um, but uh, probably my, my, my most honorable list of mentions, my most noblest of mentions that did not make the list was David Lowry's The Green Knight. Did ah. not quite make the cut this year, but... I love that movie. I deeply love that movie. I think it's I, I think it's amazing. Uh, I mean, you I love just, it like eleven or twelve. Yeah, well, you know, it's arbitrary. What about you? What's uh, what's on your uh, what's on your? Is it the same movie? No, 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 no. No, um, no I had three honorable mentions. Yep. Uh, about endlessness. Okay. Uh, yep. Because I just I I don't know. That's a movie that I think about, and I don't think about often. But when I do, I just smile. Yeah. Like, and I don't know. I, look, it's it's really, really good. There's no question. But I also don't know if, like, that sort of style of film really resonates with me now because we did A Pigeon Sat on a Branch and Contemplated Existed or whatever that movie is called for our third episode. And now I forever, like, 
I forever take that style of filmmaking and equate it to like doing the podcast. And it always just makes me like warm and fuzzy inside, in addition to it being a very good film. Okay. So I really liked about endlessness. Uh, paper, uh the paper tigers was yep. on my um yep. was on my honorable mention list. What a fun, uh, like surprising um film that I just didn't know was coming and and I didn't knew I always wanted it in my life. I never jumped on the Cobra Kai bandwagon and I never like uh <laughs> I, you know I I haven't I haven't gotten that sort of fix of seeing like the reality of the future of sort of like martial artists in that like comedy in action own. world, I guess. Yeah. Uh and that was so nice to see. And my last honorable mention because I did not think it would be as good as it was was Free Guy. Free guy. Um, yeah, I just thought That's that that movie mentions. did a lot. That that movie did a lot of uh, a lot more heavy lifting than I thought it would. It, t- it it took a problematic topic in cinema, video games, which I don't feel like there are many good either video game adaptations or um, that that video games actually talk about. I'm sorry, that movies talk about video games in a uh, correct or constructive or even fun way, and mm. it did all those things. So I really appreciated that very much. I have um, two more honorable mentions on my. Sure. Actually, three more honorable mentions on mine. Pig, a film that I found was um, k- kind of I wanted to champion a lot, and I I I think it. I think I described it on the episode as having some of my favorite things that I like to see in a movie, along with some things that I just think don't work. Um, yeah. But but one on the overall, I wanted to champion because I think it was just such an interesting entree. Uh, into this person's filmography. In fact, all three of these uh, are uh, essentially... I actually, yeah, I didn't actually realize this, but all three of these uh, honorable mentions are first films. Um, mm-hmm. And the second was Josh Rubin's Werewolves Within. Um, mm-hmm. To piggyback off that question of video game movies, I think this is one of the best that has ever been mm-hmm. because it doesn't actually feel like a video game movie. It doesn't actually uh, have that sense of being an adaptation of a video game. It's just a great, fun movie. Uh, and St. Maud, uh, again, just this uh, really tight, uh, unnerving depiction of faith and crisis uh, from a director who's just clearly a talent to watch. So, um, again, all three first films. I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing that I took them, uh, that they're not on the list. But uh, they're, You just hate first filmmakers. I just I think hate is what first I'm, filmmakers so much. so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, all, all good films all around, but they did not make the very non-arbitrary cut of our top ten uh, films that we reviewed this year. Um, Shahir, would you like to go first for your number 10 film? Let's, we're going to dive right in. Okay. Bracing myself here. My number 10 film. And we're going to do this thing where we also, I'm, I'm going to keep a log of our film so we see where the overlap is. Because uh, <laughs> if, there, if not, there is any. Yeah. If there, sometimes there's no overlap, sometimes it's all overlap. Okay. My number 10 movie of the year is Maggie Gyllenhaal's The Lost Daughter. Hmm. A trip to Greece with a, uh, 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 an older woman who is recollecting on the, uh, not mistakes, but the, recollecting on her life as told through the lens of a crisis that is happening about a doll. Um, yeah. This yeah. was uh, probably one of the most unnerving watches, as well as being existentially um, fraught. Uh, in the particular topic that I'm kind of in the midst of, which is child raising. I think this is a film that really uh, taps into just the direct... Um, the direct cinematic dread of doing... of keeping a secret so well. I think this is just a really well-crafted, 
but also extremely thoughtful movie uh, about a heady topic of like what it means to be a mother, uh, well, which it, is not, it, you know, so yeah, it, I, I think it's astounding. And uh, we talked about it in the, in the review, uh, uh, which you can go listen to at your favorite podcasting uh, service of choice. The uh, I feel like what I really gl- glommed onto with um, the lost daughter is um, the, it's a it's an element of child rearing that is not often talked about in film mm. um, in this way, and uh, it was it was you know. It it felt refreshing in in that horrible sense, if that makes sense. Like there there's there's real. I find oftentimes in life <laughs> uh, that the the especially in cinema, depending on where you're getting your stuff, uh, a lot of the 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 not pretty bits, the messy bits, the sharp bits can be filed down in certain ways for specific topics, such as children. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this movie did not do that. This movie went uh, went. Went for it and and hit the nail on the head, hundred percent. All right. Thing. So, uh, where did you land at number ten? Uh, my number ten is kind of convenient that this sort of happened. Uh, <laughs> is uh, the Green Knight? Oh, the uh, Green Knight. Yeah. I, feel, I feel so bad for like leaving this off my list. Hey, I mean, look, this movie. Okay, I. I will hunt this down. I haven't gotten around to it yet. I don't even know if it's out yet on Blu-ray, uh, but I will be buying it, no question. Uh, that's sort of my litmus test for some of these films where I'm just yeah. like, I, this is a movie that I could do both. I could sit down and watch it glued to the screen, having the entire experience and be engrossed by it, or I could leave it on in the background mm. and like just experience like the the mood of it. Yeah. Um, also, side note, and I know I've talked about this too much, and I, this will not be the last time I reference this in the show, but I've been playing Elden Ring mm-hmm. since it came out, <laughs> and, and I was thinking about The Green Knight, I was like, this feels like a From Software game. Right. Like, it, it just feels like a Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Sekiro, like, and now Elden Ring, and that is quickly becoming my favorite place of, of wanting to be. Yeah. Um, this, like, this, like, dreary, dark... I guess like not even high fantasy, just fantasy land that that you are alone in, but never truly alone. I don't know. I I dug the hell out of the Green Knight. Uh, if you have not seen it, it is a visual feast. Um, there is uh, uh, performances all around are phenomenal, and you owe it to yourself to go check out uh, because it's just it's phenomenal. It is. it really is, and and again, also you know, in terms of that question of like buying it, buying it on Blu-ray, you absolutely should. But it's a fifteen million dollar film. That thing looks like it's a hundred, you know, like it, it looks, looks, it looks better than probably most everything on my list. I don't, I don't understand how they did that for $15 million. And like, I, I well, I mean, the, here it is. It's smart filmmaking. Yeah. They don't like, it's, it's a lot of smaller set pieces or, uh, or, or nature shots. Yeah. Like it, it, it makes sense. If you if you think about it, but it's just so smartly done that uh, k- kudos to the uh, the production manager yeah, production on, on designer, that film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but also check be... out David Lowry's other uh, the, the one the, the David Lowry film that really rocked my world was again one of his smaller films, but a ghost story. Ghost story, it's phenomenal. Anyway, he's great. Yeah. Uh, uh, Shahir, what's your number nine? What is my number nine? I got to dig this up now. I'm gonna pull this back. You don't here. have Let's your do list some, in front of you. Doing some math here. Let me just put this on the fly. Move this around. The Suicide Squad. 
Oh, wow. wow. I know. I was surprised about this one as well. I was shocked, I mean, too. Oh, my God. I, I, I lift out the Green Knight, and I put the Suicide Squad on. <laughs> this this <laughs> is a first, everybody. If you've listened to the show for any amount of time, you know this is what, what, what we'd call in the biz an upset. An upset for the Suicide Squad. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing the Suicide Squad does, is not... This is not the last time I'm going to see this on the list at any point. Uh, what do you mean? Uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> but I, I you need to put I, it on twice. <laughs> what I think is so great about James Gunn, the Suicide Squad, James Gunn's the Suicide Squad. Um, actually, yeah, this is all. Uh, this is the trend, isn't it? Because the Batman is about to come out, and so there's the Batman, the Suicide Squad. We're just doing all of the uh, the thes now. The Spider Man will be next. Um, is that it? Is basically a reef. Uh, a flex on what was done incorrectly with the suicide, with the original Suicide Squad. Again, characters that I don't have a particular affection for. I barely know some of these characters. These are characters I'm seeing for the first time. But done by someone who clearly loves all of them and has the skill and talent to make us care about them and tell an interesting... Um, really well-contained story within the, while still adhering to most of the rules of what the superhero genre has established uh, thus far, but just tweaking everything just that little bit to make it really sing. So this was just one I was like, yeah, this, again, I, I, I think in the, if we go back to Topam history, I think there's only been three superhero films that have, this will be the third, uh, that have made it on my top ten list. But this is what I think they should be like. This is, I mean, not necessarily all funny or anything like this, but just tight, fun. You know, like telling a compelling story, uh, engaged, um, you know, I, I yeah, just works. Yeah. No, it's it's pretty dang, it's pretty dang fun. Um, yeah. You kind of hit the nails on the head there. Uh, I just, I... James Gunn is just I don't know man he's he 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 manages to hold a place in my heart no matter kind of what he does it's very very interesting and it all does all of his stuff does come kind of back to family like in in the in the post fast franchise when we <laughs> when we joke and mock about like family and like this whole thing right it's so interesting to see a master craftsperson at at making you feel like a group of misfits like or like a, a family or the friends you made along the way like I, like i don't know it's just it's it's really nice to see and he does it great in everything and suicide the suicide squad was uh was a great movie was a delight all right um, number nine my number nine i don't want to I, I really don't want to like keep uh you know playing copycat with some of your stuff she here but my number nine is uh, Werewolves Within. Oh, boom shakalaka. Uh, I would posit one of the best video game adaptations uh, of all time. Yep. Uh, it is just a breath of fresh air with a, a, a cast that is chewing scenery, but it's the most delicious thing they've ever tasted, or at least they're that skilled to make it look like it is. Um, it's small, it's contained, it's my favorite party game. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it other than uh, it was... Again, I feel like there's there's a lot on my list. Uh, some that are not, but there's a lot that are kind of a surprise to me. <laughs> I feel like this was a year that I really... Uh, I, I, I valued coming out of the movies or coming out of watching a film um 
and just kind of being in awe that I didn't expect what was coming, I think, because things a lot of times get a little samesy and ho-hummy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Werewolves Within was just something that I was not expecting to enjoy and, and engage with as much as I did. And it was it was just, it's smooth sailing comedy with a little bit of horror to it. And uh, it's also a mystery and it's just super fun. So you should definitely check that out. Yeah, it's a great movie. So far, Matt, on uh, of the four films that we mentioned so far, there's no overlap. Uh, and I don't think there will be because uh, two of the, the two films that you've picked are two films that were on my honorable mentions. Yeah, so here we go. Um, now, now everybody, this is gonna, we're going to do the first clip here. <clears throat> um, this is from uh, Topam Topam uh, family. Speaking of family, uh, this was Jamie and Tanya. Uh, Jamie, who's been on the show quite a bit, uh, Tanya, her old roommate, and I believe they're channeling the spirit of Elise, who has also been on the podcast as well, at least right now, uh, telling us their favorite film of 2021. Now, Shahir, just so you know, because as we know, rules are arbitrary. Mm-hmm. I told people it didn't have to be for this exercise, didn't have to be a film made in 2021, because oftentimes, as we know, in the last two to three years, time has no meaning and everything is made up anyway, but a film that they watched and they engaged with and they loved and that it helped them through 2020. Okay. Okay. Like for the that, first time. They had to have seen it for the first time in 2020 or tw- 2021. Excuse I, me. I will say I have a couple of other categories that I, I will read out, you know, at, at some point, but they were one of them was best uh best first watch of 2021. Yeah. And yeah. so I guess this would fall into that category. This falls into first. that category. Yeah. And I know I just said 2020 too much. I apologize for that. These, these are films that they saw for the first time in 2021. Let's see what Jamie and Tanya say. All right, who wants to start? Tanya, Jamie, who wants to start talking first about Oh, Jamie, I'll start because I have two and I'm going to try to pull one over on you. Okay. Hi, I'm Elise Brando, and I want to talk about Barb and Star go to Visa Del Mar. Because, oh my God, what a film. It's fabulous, and for when we were all stuck inside, made everybody feel really good who saw it. And um, to quote, I believe, the Times Review... Uh, there are people who won't like that movie, but you don't have time for those people in your life. Aww, it is good. so fun. And I, I just, I recommend that everyone watch it immediately and have a good time. Uh, and that's Elise Brando's. Okay, so what's, <laughs> yeah, what is Elise. yours? Thank you, Elise. Um, <laughs> I wanted to bring up St. Maud. Spooky ookie. It's so good. It's it a is really a, good It film. is a take on, uh, a modern take on sainthood and, and martyrdom and... Uh, and I would say, uh, it, uh, being an introvert, I don't know. It's great. It's excellent, and I think everyone should watch it. It's really fun. Um, my dog did not just pee on your beanbag. I know you were both worried about that. <laughs> no. Uh, Laszlo, yeah. did you like St. Maud? He loved it. Laszlo loved St. Maud. <laughs> yeah. Tanya, 2021, what what movie? Again, it doesn't have to be from 2021. So, I just need to know yes. what Yes, so it's definitely not a 2021 one 2019 okay I'm the quintessential year the before times throwback to last christmas last <gasps> christmas yes is that with uh, Don, uh, uh, uh khaleesi uh yeah, so yeah. Amelia Clark. There Amelia we go. Amelia Clark. There I we, wanted to kinda, see that. It was there somewhere. Would, is it really good? It really is. So I'm gonna watch good. that this year. Yes. I'm, I, it was one of those like holiday movies that I kept seeing the advertisements for. I'm like, this is cheesy as fuck. God, I want to watch it. Like it, it is so cheesy, but. I was bawling at the end of it. I was like, what? it took a turn that I was not expecting, and it moved me. It really it moved okay. me deeply down enough that I was on a plane, crying, just oh. weeping on the plane. And then this guy, I mean, 
Henry Golding is like the hottest guy. Like, like how can uh, you I not? I mean, I'm not going how, to disagree. How the hell is Henry Golding? He's like crazy rich Asian. Guy oh yeah, he's pretty who's hot. Who's also yeah, yeah, in yeah. many other things, but also oh, so hot. He has <sighs> sensitive eyes. I know so. you're married and have a kid, but you're so hot. If you ever hear this, sensitive eyes, <laughs> sir, sensitive Mr. Eyes. Golding. Excuse me, sir. You are very attractive. You are a very attractive man <laughs> with eyes that are sensitive. You got two of them. Yeah. And Tanya's very impressed. Yeah. And they're beautiful. <laughs> well, Henry Golding, boy, do have we got a thing to tell you about your eyes? Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, look, Henry Golding is very attractive. Like yeah. I, uh, like you know, he should probably be the next James Bond. Um, but uh, this is also a film that I didn't realize was a Paul Feig joint. Um, yep. So, uh, you know, uh, has some pedigree to it. I, I did not see it. I know my wife watched it. Uh, I, 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 I feel like she watched it and forgot about it instantly, but kind of enjoyed it at the time. Uh, so I'd be interested in checking it out at some point. But then, you know, there's a bunch of Christmas movies that come out every year, and it's like, eh, I, gotta I know. I mean, we if you want more Christmas movies, we do have a full Hallmark, uh, 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 full Hallmark episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a bunch of those, and with the game uh, Hallmark or Hogwash, we played where I got to make up. Uh, <laughs> If they were real Christmas movies and quiz, uh, Shahir and our guest Blake, uh, if they were real Hallmark movies or not. Uh, but yeah, so St. Maud, also one of your honorable mentions also from Jamie. Also mentions. And Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. I, maybe Jamie just does not have time for me in her life. I guess uh, I guess that's maybe the thing. It's not that I, it's not that I didn't enjoy it. I just, I... Mm, mm, <laughs> I, I do, you know, you know. Oddly, the thing about Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar is like, I do want to see a sequel to it. Like, I, I like, it, it, it's... It was fine. I do want to see a sequel to it. Like, I, I want to see more of those two characters. Everybody, the highest praise from yeah. Shahir Dad you just got right there. The creators of Barbie Star go to Vista Del Mar. Yeah. It's all right, and he wants to see a sequel. It's all right. I want to see a sequel. Uh, uh, <laughs> all right. Let's move on to our number eight. Uh, Shahir, what did you think your your eighth most favorite film that we reviewed this year was? So I had a funny thing with number eight. It, number eight in particular, because I, I, I so the, the way I do my list is I will go through every episode that we've done, and then I will just pull out, okay, I like that movie, I like that movie, I like that movie, I like that movie. And so I'll just have a list of like 20 movies or something like that that I like. And um, the... Uh, and then I and then I'll go through them and kind of try to order them and correlate them and just start thinking about them. This was a film that didn't appear in that original twenty, and then it. What I realized because it, when I wrote number eight, there was a there was another film that actually fit into the slot, and then when I thought about it, I was like, you know what? These two films are actually kind of in the same ballpark but with okay. the complete different intentions and and I'm going to pull a film that was not in my in my top 20 and put it in this slot because when I thought about it this film actually did something pretty amazing and and I it wasn't until doing the list that I realized how how taken I was by this film but originally what was in my number 8 position was uh drive my car the okay. Rizuki Hamaguchi uh, film. And what I realized as I was writing Drive My Car, which is a movie I absolutely adored, I saw it, we just saw it a few weeks ago, I love that movie, is that another movie about <laughs> being driven in a car and, and the effect of the car really did work for me on a whole other level. And that was Julia DeCarno's film, Titane. That was a movie yeah. that, that really kind of rocked my world because... It was 
a movie about the fetishization of vehicles and mm-hmm. sexual fetishization of vehicles that turns into a story about finding your humanity in people whom in people you don't expect to find it in. And I when I thought about that in comparison in, in, in relation to Drive My Car, I think, you know, Drive My Car was also doing the same thing. But I think Titane was just doing it in a way Does that, it like, a little different. Just rocked my world. And so that's why uh, Titane uh, ended up in this sort of head-to-head race uh, to the number eight position with Drive My Car and wow. eventually won. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, it was a photo finish. Yeah. Um, it was quite a journey to get there. <laughs> Jesus. I don't even want to talk too much about Titan because I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Like, it's such a – it's such a – beautiful clusterfuck of a ton of shit and 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 not every part of it resonated with me i had my own problems with it but it was such an interesting watch that yeah of course of course it of course in the final lap it overtook drive michael (laughs) um that just makes sense because look it's it's the it's the like, I, any joke I do I just have three or four jokes go through my head and I can't say a one because it would ruin a part of the movie so yeah. like I'm not like anyway yeah a hundred percent totally get it makes a ton of sense all right um my number eight did have vehicles in it oh oh okay I know exactly what this is uh <laughs> do you do it's you want to take a guess okay let me let me I'm going to venture to guess it's a movie that you reviewed that I did not review. No, it is not a fast movie. Oh, like shit. No, okay. no, no. I actually didn't really, I mean, it, it was, that was fine. Fast 9 was fine, but it was not a, it was not a classic by yeah. any means of the imagination. No, this, uh, there was some driving in this movie, um, but it wasn't driving focused. But, but, it, but I will say, this is a movie about uh, moving on with your life and sort of going on a journey in general, so we could sort of put it with that. Holy shit, uh, it's not Drive My Car, is it? No, no. Okay. It's uh, The Mitchells versus The Machines. Oh, snap. Uh, what a absolute delight uh, out of nowhere um, <laughs> that uh, I just couldn't get enough of and just it felt like the right kind of movie for me. Again, I think when we did the review... Uh, I, you know, we, we talked about how, like, it was, you know, self-referential to certain time periods, but also still felt like it was written. I said it anyway. That it was sort of felt like it was written by a 40-year-old dude, even though it was, <laughs> wasn't about one, uh, which is, it, it, I don't know, it, it was a comfortable place. And it's so good. And, the, and, the, and the, the art style and the art direction is so interesting and fun and different feeling than a lot of the other uh, 3D animated films that come out. Actually, um Coming up in, uh, not in this next section, uh, but in the following one, uh, Ali, who is an artist of uh, extra history for us, who is at the a party who we'll hear from, uh, actually knows the art director for this movie. Okay. And I thought that was so interesting. They're friends. I thought that was so interesting. I forget if I mentioned this on the podcast episode itself, because when I saw the main characters, uh, the, the, the daughter in the movie, I was like, that's Ali. <laughs> I was like, that looks exactly like my friend Allie. And uh, and and now it's all together, so I have this thing in my head where I'm like, well, yeah, they're friends. She based her character off of that. Like it just it, it all comes together for me. So anyway. Delightful um, choice. I love this movie so much, and I, I have revisited it uh, uh, once already at this point, and I don't have a lot of time to do that. So that says something. So my number seven. This is a, uh, I believe this is a movie on your honorable mentions list. 
Oh. Jesus Christ. I, we have no overlaps at this point. That's okay. But this is uh, Roy Anderson's About Endlessness. And, um, you know, I mentioned on the podcast that uh, a, a very good friend of mine, uh, whom I love and miss dearly, passed away this year. And I watched this movie uh, just upon hearing about his passing. And I was taken and 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 i was taken by how much this movie affected me in the thought of where people's lives end up because i i thought a lot about my friend and and you know i i wished i'd seen him one more time or hung out with him again but i i kind of there was a sort of cosmic beauty to this movie about the sort of transient nature of what it means to be human Mm -hmm. and how stupid and funny we all are, <laughs> you know, and how silly but sad we are. And Anderson uh, has been doing this his entire uh, his entire career. And, you know, we've talked about um, A Pigeon Sat on a Branch Reflecting on Existence. Uh, Songs from the Second Floor is absolutely one of my favorite films of all time. Uh, this is, uh, there's just this beautiful swan song quality to this movie it may very well be roy anderson's last movie he's probably hopefully he's got a couple more in him um but uh, there was just this there's a scene in this movie where a dentist yells at the world and says is this it and i was like and this entire year i've just been staring at the wall saying is this it (laughs) (laughs) and wondering what what the point of everything is like what are we doing here like why why are we doing this um, and so to have a film that kind of hit me in that way was very powerful. And one, you know, look, uh, as far as, uh, American cinema, um, cinema circles go, I don't think Roy Anderson is particularly, uh, well versed, you know, maybe in smaller circles. And it's just, I think it's one of those things that if you find a Roy Anderson film and sit down to watch it, if you have not you know, we've done it. We've done this podcast for like six, seven, six, seven years now, and we've talked about him a lot. And you know, I hope that you know, if you haven't taken the leap into seeing one of his movies, that you do and and see where you kind of end up with it. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. It is so worth the journey, y'all. If you have not done it, uh, yeah. do it. It's uh, any one any, of them. Any any. Yeah, one it of them. doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, like it, 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 I, about Angelus is the newest one. So yeah. if you want to start there, sure. But if you'd like, but to they're be a all they're or, all kind of know. vignettes of the same elk. Yeah. like any of them could be any. You know, they could all be constructed together, thrown out of order. No, together. you need to watch one, two, six, four, three, yeah. five, seven. You need to do the Star. Was it the <laughs> Star the Wars X? Is that what it is? Yeah. 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 Uh, what's no, your that's a really seven? good choice. Uh, my number seven, I want to start my number seven with a question, Shahir. Okay. And that is, do you really want to, do you really want to taste it? Do I really, uh, really want to taste it? And it's a little bit of a cheat because I am referencing the spinoff of the movie that I am talking about. I was referencing the opening to Peacemaker, which, because uh, number seven is, uh, for me is The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad! Uh, we talked about it already. It, it makes total sense. I, I love this movie dearly. And then again, I, I, I'm going to take I'm going to take my time uh, because we've already discussed this to just sing the praises of Peacemaker. Mm. Like Peacemaker is what every spinoff show of any of these blockbuster films should be. Like if it's supposed to be a comedy, at least like it is way better than I ever thought it would be. Um, Eagly uh, is the best animal mascot bar none. Uh, it has a surprise ending to it that I did not see coming. And it, John Cena is. 
in every sense of the word, a powerhouse across playing this character who is just like a not likable, forgettable D-lister that yeah. now is forever in my head, like as an iconic character in like a superhero lexicon. So the Suicide Squad was the onus of that. They fell in love with the character, him and James Gunn, and then they went and decided to uh, make a show on HBO for it, and it was better off for it. So um, uh, I still kind of want to see the, the shark show. Oh, oh, King Shark! King Shark! Hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would see that show. That, yeah. That's my more my more my speed. <laughs> I, I will say, Shio, you probably, to be perfectly honest, mm. I know I say you hate fun, and I I do believe that to be the case. But when you don't, uh, you your humor is a bit more of the the categorical or the potty variety. I would say, <laughs> really, a and and I honestly think you would get a kick out of the humor in Peacemaker. Like, there's people that I don't think would. Like, I don't think Jamie would really like Peacemaker. Mm -hmm. uh, um, but, like, for whatever reason, knowing your sense of humor, I actually think you'd really like it. Uh, I'll um, give it a try. Um, yeah. I, it's a, it, the thing, the barrier to entry for me in Peacemaker is kind of the same barrier to entry in uh, What About uh, um, uh, Bitter Cold Soul, which is that mm. I, I know everyone loves Bitter Cold Soul, but it's the same thing, which is that, like, Soul Goodman was not to me, the character I wanted to see more of. Sure. And Peacemaker, like, there's just a little barrier to entry. Which I was Hard like, same. Yeah. When they did the stupid thing at the end of the Suicide Squad, I was like, this is bullshit. Who would want to see more of this fucking guy? And yeah. then I watched it and I was like, oh. I'm sure, like, I'm sure there's good stuff it, there. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. The Suicide Squad. The Suicide now, Squad. Now, we're going to go to our clip two from the White Elephant Party. This time around, we have Jordan, who is our artist for Extra Mythology, and uh, So You Haven't Read, on the YouTube channels over on Extra Credits. And we have Madeline and Joseph from Real Life Lore, uh, which is a phenomenal YouTube channel that uh, just released a really, really good breakdown of sort of the history of, uh, I, I, as of right now, uh, when this recording uh, the Ukraine is under um, attack from Russia, as we all know. Um, uh, thoughts thoughts are out to Ukraine as well, and uh, I still can't even believe this is actually happening, this sort of level of war in Northern Europe, but whatever. Um, he did a phenomenal breakdown of like how we got to this point. It's a phenomenal... It, I think it released five days ago. It already has eight million views. It's, it's such a good breakdown. It's like, I wish news organizations would like talk about this kind of stuff the way he breaks it down. Anyway... Very smart, wonderful people all, and we're going to hear what their favorite film experience was in 2021. Let's start with you, Madeline. What film uh, were you the most psyched about this year? Probably A Quiet Place Part 2. Okay. Which I actually did see when it came out in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. That franchise for me, it's one of the things that got me psyched to go back to a movie theater. Well, the problem was we went, me and Joe went to go see A Quiet Place 2 in theaters, but we went to one of those dine-in theaters. <laughs> And so it would just be like the super quiet part and then it would just be like and I ordered probably the loudest dish possible. I got like hard shelled tacos. So every time there was like a tense and dramatic moment, I was just like <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, oh man, I'm ruining the guys from the office chance at him. Oh no. Franchise. All right, quiet place part two. Good to know. Joseph. Yeah. See, um, I, I have two things to say. So one, I agree with Quiet Place 2, but second, I think since COVID began, um, I've experienced movies in a different kind of way, okay? I had never before COVID ever gone to a drive-in movie theater before, 
But really? since, yeah, I had never I, gone before. I have not. I still haven't. Fuck. I'm very jealous. <laughs> it's so good. It's, it's so it's yeah. so revolutionary. And like with when COVID had started, we decided to start going to drive-in theaters because you're in your own car, of mm-hmm. course, and like you're separated from everybody else. Yeah. And holy shit, is it such like a different experience? Yeah. And it's so cool because you don't have anybody else talking. You're just in your private enclosed space that you can control. And uh, you have your own audio, and you can do your like whatever you want. You can talk if you want. You cannot talk. You can stay quiet. You can eat whenever you want. Yeah, it's a totally novel experience, and I super recommend it. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And there's and no one too. eating crunchy tacos to ruin <laughs> it. Or, or you can just enjoy your crunchy tacos in peace. Yeah, yeah. not be stressed right. out about anything else. Right, you don't have to be nervous about yeah. people being mad at you or yeah. anything. Yeah. So, Quiet Place Two was on your top as well. I think it's on my. It's it would be on my top. Yeah. What I'd, about the um, Rocky Horror production in the graveyard? Madeline introduced me to the Rocky Horror Picture Show okay. yeah. as she should. Like you. you only recently? Yes. Okay. Like I never yeah. seen it. I never seen it before. And we went to go see it in a graveyard. It was yeah. a shadow casting of the Rocky Horror production. That's dope. And it was in a graveyard, and um, I think everyone buried there was probably turning in their graves because they were all from the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know what? They don't get a lot of stuff going on. They need yeah. something happening. I'm sure they were they welcomed it. it. I yeah. never knew this, but I went to college in Denon, Texas, and Rocky Horror Picture Show takes place in Denon. Hypothetically, oh, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, you are more connected to it than you ever knew. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, J- Jordan. Talk to me. I know you love talking into microphones. I, do. I just love being recorded. It's Favorite? So don't good. worry. No, we're not recording. We're just hanging out. We're oh, just right. talking. All right. in front of the, get a little closer. <laughs> <laughs> because time is meaningless. I'm like, I don't. Which movies were the ones that I saw this year? But the only one that comes to my mind is Dune because I did really yeah. enjoy Dune. It's almost everything I want science fiction to be. Like for me, the only downside was a lack of levity. And that's, I've seen that a lot in most modern science fiction lately is like this, just forgetting to have a moment of levity of, yeah, I don't need like a comic relief per se, but I just need a little bit of a break in the like tension. Yeah, so yeah. I and, can totally see that. Yeah, but besides that, I just really enjoyed it. Like the cinematography, oh. the just, the this every scene was just gorgeous. Yeah. Loved it. There we go. Nice. All right. So wait, we got a couple more in there. I feel like Dune's going to appear on your list. Pretty sure Rocky Horror Picture Show's not going to. No, but <laughs> but I love I loved that Joseph hadn't seen it. Like, yeah. And, and it's just so fun to hear people's experiences, uh, especially when we're all, I don't know, This I'm going to get a little sappy, but like when we've all been so isolated, to hear people's experiences of going and seeing a thing that like you have a strong tie to. Like, yeah. and having a similar emotional reaction just makes me feel close to people. I don't know. I thought it was a really good thing. Uh, and, yeah, uh, Dune Dune was great. Quiet Place Part 2 was great. It was all great. Well, look, before we jump into the next so I, I don't know if you actually did this, but the reason I, is because uh, you mentioned Dune and the levity in it. Um, what are Do you have a list of the best movies you watched but we didn't review? Maybe just a movie you watched that we didn't review that you kind of no really... because you hear here's the secret I don't, I can't remember a film that I watched that I didn't that we didn't review <laughs> really at all I cannot no I don't think I did this year was was um 2021 not this year <laughs> not, not the current one which is just 2020 all over again um uh no I I I, I had a very regimented life to stay sane with a work life balance and I just did not 
have time to watch. I'm sure I did. I'm sure. But, like, I don't think I saw a new film that we didn't talk about. Like, I know I rewatched, like, Lord of the Rings or, right. like, something like that. But, like, I, I, those are, like, old favorites. I don't think I, I explored anything else that came out that year that we did not review. Ah, okay. Well, I will. Uh, there, there's, there's two of these that I will. I, I've got four of them, and I'll go through them quickly. And I, I'm only doing it now because there's a there's a gag in Dune that is the same gag that is in this movie okay, with Timothy right. Chalamet, uh, and that was Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch, which I watched okay. over this weekend. And I, I love me some some Wes Anderson, but I've always thought like I thought it was just kind of a thing that I loved, and that that that. You know, you sort of see the cracks of it coming from time to time, you know, where you're like, I know, you know, I'm enjoying it just because I have this history with Wes Anderson now. But the French Dispatch might honestly, I think it's like top, top, top tier Wes Anderson. And when I look at my list, I would say the French Dispatch would have been at the top of it if we had reviewed it. Like wow, I, okay. I like All it right. is that good. Uh, I was so surprised by it. But the the other one is the rescue, the Jimmy Chin and Elizabeth Chai uh, Vasily film about the Thai cave diving incident. That oh, is yeah. the best Mission Impossible movie that is not a Mission Impossible movie. Uh, you know, it's a documentary about how they rescued those those young soccer players, and it is a Mission Impossible uh, movie. Like you're you're kind of going this is an impossible scenario. How are they going to do this? It requires all their wits to do this. And you are on the edge of your seat um, to do so. And then Limp Biscuit comes out and plays (laughs) the theme song. (laughs) And then the other one that I think you uh, might enjoy is Bad Trip, which is an uh, Eric Andre uh, sort of in the jackass style of filmmaking that is on Netflix. And it's basically Eric Andre and his friend are on a sort of road trip and uh, they, they film real people in real situations. And what makes it so good and why I think you would enjoy it in this time is that it is there's no mean spiritedness to it. Nice. And everyone that they come across is genuinely a good person. Aww. Who tries to do tries to help them even though they're they're the assholes, like people are kind to them the entire way and do nice things for them. And maybe that's a product of the way they've edited it. But it kind of you just watch and go, you know what? People aren't all bad. You know, like there are like there are good right. people out there. And so I I would highly recommend. I, okay. I think you would get a get you know uh, a kick out of that. Good to know. All right. Uh, uh, what are we up? All to? right. Number six. Number six. What was your number six film that we reviewed this year, Shahir? There's an, uh, I guess there's an interesting thing, which is that an, a bunch of films that are about to come appear on my list are films that we just recently did. And it is the nature of the way that the year works out in terms of people's release schedules because they're aiming for the Oscars and awards and yada, yada, yada. And this is a film that even as recently as a couple of days ago, uh, a, a famous actor was berating on a much more famous podcast than ours um, because of its content. But Honestly, and, you know, this film was prefaced to me as one of the best films that uh, a listener had watched in 20 years. And I was like, there's no way this movie could live up to that kind of hype. But it kind of did. And I was like, wow, yeah, I get it. Jane Campion's The Power of the Dog um, is that it's, it's another one of those ones where you go, yeah, it's that good. It really, really is. And it, it is a, a, a tale of two men who are wrestling with their pasts and their futures at the same time. Um, and uh, it is uh, uh, 
surreptitiously a thriller that most people won't realize is a thriller until it gets to the very, very end of the movie. And it's so good. It's it's gorgeously shot. Um, it's it's you know engrossing in every way. And uh, yeah, uh, you know Jane Campion, New Zealander. It it may win Best Picture this year. It's sort of front runner to do so. It is front runner now, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. Don't know if it will. Um, but it is it is that good. I get it. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. It, it it was it was uh, a very enjoyable watch. I, I I have to be honest. I have not thought about it really. Mm-hmm. Um. I thought I might. I I. I it never really pops it, up. So in it didn't my even head. pop up on your uh, on your potentials for this list. I'll give you a spoiler alert. It is not on my list. Whoa. Yeah. All so right. I mean, I don't know. Um. But I. Yeah. It is. It is interesting. It, it definitely is the front runner. I've been slowly but surely churning through uh, all the Oscar films so we can do our Oscar show uh, whenever the Oscars is. Nice. Uh, and uh, I actually I won't I won't ruin any of that stuff. I had some side thoughts about there and the, and the running in general. But my. Number six film mm-hmm. was a recent one we did, Shahir. Mm. In fact, so recent that I think it was the last episode we did. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, that would be Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley. Um, yeah, I mean, it's funny. You can go back a week and listen to sort of the thoughts <laughs> on that. But, like, holy shit, man. Like, what? What what a what a what a delightful film that you don't like films like that aren't made much anymore, hmm. and uh, I just uh, Guillermo del Toro is a master at his craft. He knows exactly the type of stuff I personally like, and then he keeps showing me that stuff in new and fun ways. And that is um, and and by fun I mean dark and twisted and 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 uh, somewhat disturbing depending. Um, but it, it that movie is all about circles and sort of entrapping yourself and uh, things that can feel very relatable from time to time, but also in a sort of gothic horror aesthetic that uh, or like a, almost like a uh, not gothic horror. What am I sort of thinking of? Uh, sort of a Art Deco gothic horror aesthetic. <laughs> um, that just it 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 got me, uh, and I'm a sucker for things telling me the underbelly of carnivals. So there's that <laughs> nightmare alley, nightmare alley. Excellent choice. Are we uh, are we jumping to our number fives? Or have you got another? another we have another there? clip because we we're we're breaking them up as much as we can. This next one is Alley, the aforementioned artist on Extra History, who also nightmare uh, alley. Uh, also nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> that's a perfect transition. Why did I think of that? <laughs> nightmare alley, uh, who I still hold is the um, the art in inspiration for uh many characters in the mitchells versus the machines uh we also have a friend of the show veteran on on topam svp oh, who's yeah. in the building nice. uh to tell us about his favorite film of 2021 and uh we have alex of uh the wonderful youtube channel low spec gamer uh i don't know if you've ever watched his stuff shahir but he does just amazing work with figuring out and doing fun experiments with like what can what what systems what old systems can run new games based on make it basically it's sort of lowest specs possible hmm. like even beyond the thing and he does great breakdowns especially over on Nebula about like the history of certain consoles he did one on the history of the Game Boy uh the Game Boy Pocket and the Game Boy Color which were just so good so please go check out all that stuff but until you do let's find out what all of these three fascinating wonderful people thought their favorite film they saw in 2021 was surprisingly this was a uh, uh, a year that i ended up watching more movies than usual because in, in my infinite wisdom i decided to start taking like the middle of the week off rather than the last and that's usually the day when the cinema is like half 
price of, so yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. might as well just go. And I ended up watching a lot of stuff that I didn't expect. And for example, something that sticks in my mind is The Last Duel by Ridley Scott. Yes! He's like 90 years old. I have no idea. I, I, I can't be bothered to do one more, one more video than one a month. Yeah. How is this guy doing to feature length movies? Like, how? He's really fucking The support God. system. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of... Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to put that out. Yeah, Apparently, he takes a lot of naps during production. According to his publicist, publicist? yeah, publicist. Uh, six exactly. Yeah. So, well, so that right. that might work. So, so the last duel was one that you really liked. Oh yeah, that was that was really good. There was another film you and I were discussing briefly in this very room before we started. I'm curious yes. if that's your second one. Uh, it is. So, uh, Free Guy, the one with Ryan Reynolds. Oh, agreed. Because yes. I expected it to be a bad video game movie, just because they have been because enough. It's not a, um, a movie about a game. It's a movie about video games in general. Yeah, it's not an IP that we are familiar exactly. with. Exactly, and those usually suck. This was not it. Like, it's still not a good. I wouldn't call it a good movie. It's it's very cliche in a lot of pa- in a lot mm-hmm. of places. But there was some knowledge about it, and more particularly the the narrative <clears throat> that it was pushing in its own own like Disney World uh, world. Mm-hmm. Um, was one that I didn't expect. A couple of indie game developers that got bought by a giant corporation and they're the heroes because <laughs> the giant publisher that is definitely not EA bought stole yeah. their code. They really did their homework. Like it's not a super complex narrative, no, but it's definitely something that will float around like a someone that engages with the game industry frequently. Yeah. And that sur- mm-hmm. caught me completely off guard. All right, Allie. Let me start with the easy one. I was surprised by Venom. The, wait, Let There Be Carnage or the first one? Well, the first one I saw this year because okay. I was leading up to watching the sequel. Sure. So I watched them both this year and they both surprised me. The performance by, oh my gosh, help me with help me with names. Tom, Tom Hardy? Tom Hardy, yes. He just nailed it. And then the relationships between him and his ex-fiance and like her boyfriend and like all of the stuff that was going on, it just felt grounded and it felt fun and then let there be carnage was also like surprisingly good like how they introduced carnage and how he was made and then how that all climaxed at the end was like really enjoyable and it was so much fun like i could watch this again it was a great time if only carnage's girlfriend shriek didn't uh, have sonic powers those kids would have made it yeah uh svp yes sir what what would you say some of your favorite cinematic moments of this year was well, um, I'll tell you what got the most emotional response out of me. It's probably because, you know, I'm old school and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Shit, okay. Ooh. I have not uh, seen it, but no, please talk. So I, I, I always, I struggle with remakes. Mm-hmm. I struggle with reboots because a lot of times uh, it's just a rehashing, but with people who are less capable actors, but they're pretty. Yeah. <laughs> um <clears throat> And 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 I get why this happens. It's to it's to make an old brand, uh, sort of relatable to the next generation. Blah blah blah. But there were scenes where I was completely, um, for clemped for a better All way right. of of, of putting it. Um, there were things that genuinely moved me. And not to spoil it for everybody, not not you know no spoilers. Sure or whatever, sure, but sure sure sure. Seeing certain people back in uniform. Mm-hmm. Was really, really like it was. It was exactly what I needed to see. If I was going to pick a second movie, um, you know what? I'm going to go with the western. 
harder they fall. Dude. In some circles, it's getting some flack for not being historically true to certain characters and whatever. But truthfully speaking, that's pretty much every Western. Yes. (laughs) It's a lot of fun for anyone who has not seen it, whether you are a fan of Westerns or not. I hate Westerns, and I love that movie. See? So, case in point. All right. Yeah, so, uh, a few of those I, I would not. Uh, well, the, the the Venom one from Alley was a shock. <laughs> yeah. I, I I have heard from a lot of circles that that is a uh, that that pairing of Venom and Let There Be Carnage could be uh, is a lot of fun, and maybe it points to good things for the Morbius film. Maybe, maybe. I I actually, and then I did uh, with her saying Let There Be Carnage. I actually did see Let There Be Carnage, and we okay. didn't see that movie. So I think that might be the one film that I did see, and that was just because I had three hours to kill. Yeah. Uh, between places I had to be that were not my house. Right. Uh, and I went and saw, I think I saw it in IMAX with no one else in the theater. Right. Um, and that was, uh, it was fine. I, I honestly, movie. I will. I, I have no reason not to watch Venom. I like Tom Hardy. I'm curious about that character as the as the hero. So I, I'm, I'm down to check out Venom. Yeah. And of course, uh, Last Duel, Ghostbusters Afterlife, How Do They Fall, uh, yeah. oh, I, I've not seen Ghostbusters Afterlife, so I don't know, but I had seen the other two, and they're uh, lovely. Yeah. All right. What are we at to number number five? five. Uh, this, look, we're gonna we're gonna rush hustle through this one because we just did it last week. You just talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number five is Nightmare Alley, the first Guillermo del Toro film I saw, which. I, like every other Guillermo del Toro film I've seen, I go, "That's a perfect movie." I, but you know, like, but great. This is one I was like, "That's a perfect movie," and I love it. And it's it's uh, uh, dynamic no and all driven by storytelling. And so, you know, no notes. No notes. Nightmare Alley, number five, with a bullet. Nice. How about you? Uh, uh, mine is one that has not uh, come across either of our lists yet, unless okay. I have not been paying attention, and I don't think that's the case. I'm keeping a tally uh, here. Uh, my number five was a film that I was uh, quite hyped for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just knowing uh, that I should live my life by this this quintessential phrase that the spice must flow <laughs> um, is Dune. Dune. Um, I know. I know. Uh, some folks brought it up uh, in in some of these clips, but this movie I was so excited for, and I was not worried about. But when you're trying to convert this thing into uh, a a uh, workable uh, film out of this book. Uh, I just, I, I wasn't sure if it could be done in a way that I liked. And I absolutely was engrossed by this thing. My own, my literal only complaint is that you could consider it half a film. Uh, um, that, that would be my only, it's the only reason it's not on my list is that I'm, yeah. I'm reserving it for the point at which I see, I feel like I've seen the full film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it just it just everyone from top to bottom of of that movie, I just could not get enough of. I just wanted, like, I would have sat through the second half or the second movie right after it. Like, I would have done it. Yeah. I would have watched the whole damn thing in a row had that been the. And and thank goodness that the um that like, I I can't believe the balls <laughs> that it took to make and release that movie without having the second one locked up. Like yeah. uh, like uh in at least like saying that they'll make it and pay for it. <laughs> um, but they did it, and now we are going to get the second half, and uh, I am very excited to see that. I'll put that down honestly to one thing, which is that Denis Villeneuve has not failed yet as a filmmaker. Yeah. Like, even in movies of his that I don't like, 
I, he's never failed as a filmmaker to make something compelling and worth your time. Like mm-hmm. I, he's never done not, you know, he's never delivered. He's never not delivered that. Yeah. So I, I would venture to guess that that is the, you know, like that is the quality that we're like, okay, we'll make this. We know he's going to deliver. It's one of the movies that I wish I had seen in a theater, not for the picture quality, but for the actual auditory experience. Mm, yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty powerful. Yeah. Uh, I did, I believe I saw that in IMAX as well, and yeah. uh, it was it was I, it was, and this is rare to do. I feel like in a sci-fi movie, but mm-hmm. like it was kind of awe-inspiring. Like you're yeah. just sitting there and you're like, oh yeah, my jaw's down. That's yeah. the good thing. I'm wearing a mask. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it it's it's wonderful. Um, Okay, uh, sorry. We're we're doing we're doing a clip between two. Normally we do two movies for each, but now we're doing one. We're going to try to roll right through these things. This one coming up is uh oh it this is a uh, friend of the show Red, mm-hmm. uh who is not a uh a stranger to uh the film industry in any uh sense of the word. Uh, also, uh, Sonia and um, and Patrick of Tearzoo fame, uh, the YouTube channel Tearzoo, uh, who basically looks at our world as if it was an MMO server and does tier lists based on animals, based on zoology and, and a lot of, uh, of actual science and makes phenomenal videos. If you have not checked out his stuff, please go do so. They will tell us their 2021 films. Here we go. Who wants to jump in? Well, here's the thing. King Kong was robbed in... Godzilla vs. Kong. Absolute highlight. Okay, robbery. let's go back to April or May or March of this year. We're going <laughs> so straight up. So you think King Kong as a character was robbed in that film? Absolutely. He went he goes on this great journey, finds this really sweet axe with which to dispose of Godzilla. And once you know it, doesn't matter. He still gets rocked. Yeah, <laughs> so. I mean the axe is made out of Godzilla's. So it's yeah. just a remember, testament yeah. to how powerful Godzilla is. So I think Kong actually is uh beat it, you know, deservedly. Did, did, Potentially. did you, was that one of your favorite films of the year or did you just, were you so angry at well, the outcome? Well, to be quite honest, I didn't watch very many movies, but <laughs> of the ones I did, okay. yes, absolutely. All right. It was a spectacle and it, when it hit its stride, you know, it was quite good. That's the most Tearzoo answer I think I could have there possibly go. gotten. I liked it. <laughs> for, for the most opposite Tearzoo, I would say the first runner up would be Midsummer, which I don't think came out this year, but I saw it but this year. But you saw it this year. Yeah. So it counts. Yeah. yeah. Sonia, what about you? 2021. Um, I don't know if it's it's definitely my number one. I wouldn't say my favorite because it just makes you feel really bad after you're done watching it. Um, Judas and the Black Messiah, yep. which is based uh. off of the real story of Fred Hampton, who was assassinated by the FBI. Um, and it's a real story. Um, they put a lot of like basically like every scene he's in with his like fiance and wife. I'm just like, oh, the relationship is so cute. And then immediately you're like, he gets assassinated at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he's dead. Like he was murdered. Yeah. Then you remember he was 21. Like he was a really he's young a guy. Yeah, exactly. So basically you're like, ah, there are no winners in this movie. And oh, wait, we're living in that. We're basically living in, yes. you know, that reality. That so there are no winners. Yeah. We're in that universe. We're, we're mm. in the we're in the the 13th sequel of that film. Yep. Yeah. All the damn time. Yep. Yeah. Instead of living in the MCU, we get We get that. We get yeah. This. <laughs> Good yeah. job, yeah. humans. Yeah. Yep. Red, what was your favorite film that you saw in 2021? So, I started out uh, with ambitions to catch up on all of the movies that I've been told I should see mm-hmm. that I hadn't seen. And one of them was really embarrassing. And in fact, it was a third movie that I watched. And that was um, The Adventures of Robin Hood, with, with the- uh, directed by Michael Curtiz, with Errol Flynn and Basil Rathbone. Holy shit. Okay. It's, it's such a good darn film. 
Uh, my first uh, realization was that Basil Rathbone, who have only known as Sherlock Holmes, is an incredible actor who also can really actually sword fight. Yeah, he good. actually taught Earl Flynn how to do the sword fights. Besides all that happiness, there is just like a lot of straight up murder in this film. People just get murdered just at random. Like poor, if you're poor, you're just murdered. And I didn't really think that I was going to see this in a film so old, yeah. you know, under mm -hmm. the Hayes Code. I wrote the sentence, for all of its crudeness, it is effortlessly charming. Much like Flynn himself. And I think what the what most impressive performance that I saw was Claude Rains as Prince John. I could not see Claude Rains, who in my mind is just a caricature. Sure. I could not see him. All I could see was Prince John. I was just sucked into this. And it also established the trope of Robin Hood fighting with a chair. Like, oh, it's, this was the first time that happened? It's the first time it ever happened. Red out of out of left field. Out of left field, going with Robin Hood. Look, the dude works for one of the greatest film historians of all time and a person who has championed uh, classic cinema in every facet. So uh, I'm not surprised. I'm actually reading the book that Red is working on right now, and it's a fantastic book. Um, I also just rewatched... Um, uh, the, uh, the, the, the Daffy Duck, uh, Robin Hood recently, which is oh. based off the Errol Flynn, uh, model, but obviously inverted and right. it is uh, amazing. And so, yeah. uh, I have not seen the Michael Curtis film. Um, so I would be curious to check that out. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, shout out to, uh, one of my son's best friends, um, Oscar, who is a huge Godzilla versus Kong fan <laughs> and is all the way in, in supporting Godzilla. Uh, I believe in this battle of uh, the titans. Listen, I, I that movie was more fun than I thought it so would you did be. See, that, that's another one we saw. Is that, that another one? Review. Oh yeah, I guess we didn't. For some reason, I thought we did do that one. No. Uh, the, I, I'm a sucker for Mecha Godzilla, mm -hmm. uh, and it was a nice. It was a nice. Uh, I don't know. I just I didn't really love the first two, and that was just such a a, a breath of fresh air. In I, actually, I actually, I actually watched make. Skull Island. Uh, oh, not, Skull Island isn't bad. No, I'm yeah, sorry. Skull the Island is not bad. Fine. I like I like the, Skull Island. I was the like two yeah, Godzillas before this Godzilla that tie into this Godzilla. I did not really enjoy. Okay. Uh, anywho, number four, Shahir, what could your film be? Uh, again, this is uh, a film we did recently, uh, a film that really, uh, like my number 10 film, got the paranoia that comes with making bad decisions all of the time. And that is Asghar Fahadi's A Hero, uh, which, I, you know, again, for a filmmaker who's made some of my favorite movies, um, he keeps topping himself. And this is amongst his best uh, in terms of like really putting a character under uh under a screw and like really just turning it every dial every everything that could possibly goes go wrong goes wrong with for this guy um it, it but at the same time a deeply you know like again that that thing that i had this year of like staring at the window going what is this all about why are we all do why are we doing this uh, a hero really is aimed at that moment where you're just going you know what Fuck it. It's just, this is what it is. Um, so I love that film. I absolutely adored it. Well, on the, on the, on the note of, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. Uh, my number four film, uh, uh, was not expecting this either, but again, one of the movies I thought about absolutely the most after I'd watched it. Um, and, 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 and luckily no one can be told what the matrix resurrections is. <laughs> uh, you have to experience it for yourself. 
Uh, I. This is one of those things where it's odd that it's on this list. Is it? But, but because, like, again, you could look at or it could be perceived that way. You could look at the what the Matrix as a franchise represents. We've talked about it a lot on that episode, that the longest episode we've we've had with Patrick <laughs> Willems uh, about a single film, and we've done we've we've done our episode on the Matrix, the original. And I, the Matrix as a franchise is sort of, a sort of one thing in the public zeitgeist, right? Mm. And this movie comes in and and not only asks you to, but literally tells you to rethink everything you think you know about the Matrix. Now, not only in a narrative sense, but just sort of in the metatextual stuff that we're talking about. And Lana Wachowski uh, just doing what they want to do. Hmm. And the the story of like sort of around that and the the, the metatextualness of of what's going on in the film or, wh- or not even what's going on in the film why the film exists hmm. uh, which ties into the actual narrative of the film it's just so it's it it was an experience that I kept finding myself coming back to I've watched it multiple times and uh, I I absolutely loved that this movie existed. Even though, with with all of its 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 uh, boons and flaws, I think it was one of the most interesting things I've ever seen, uh, and I'm I'm very glad that it actually exists in this day and age. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one for sure. I it 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 was one again for me personally where I I think I enjoyed it in principle more than I did in actuality, if that mm. makes sense, you know. And I wonder if that's the experience for a few people with that one as well, which is that in principle it's it's a really amazing swing. Uh, in reality, you know, for me personally, at least, uh, well, it was, it, you know, it, there it, are disappointing elements. Like the fight scenes aren't that great. And the matrix is known for fight scenes. Like, it, it's, like it's, the, it's not things, that it, it, really well, the, it is that, but there's, might be other things too. I'm just yeah, using it's that as that. an example. It's, it's the, hmm, it's the, I get what this is. I, I guess, you know, there's a layer to it where I'm like, I get what this is and that's that. You know, I, I don't know how to describe but it. But I, I sort of, I think my enjoyment goes beyond that because, of course, that makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah, we all understood sort of what it's doing. But I think the the narrative of behind how it actually still exists, despite that's what it's doing and everyone knows that's what it's doing, is just so interesting to me. And it ties back into the 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 narrative that the film is trying to say in the world that's trying to tell. Like, there's too many pieces of connective tissue to it that, uh, while maybe a piece or two does not even work for me, uh, when they're all put together, I'm I'm just like this is a jigsaw puzzle I never knew I wanted to 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 piecemeal in there. So yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Number three. Number three. A filmmaker who, in the time that, <laughs> to put it this way, since COVID began, we doubled down on making the podcast every week. This particular filmmaker doubled down on making a film every other month um, and probably made three or four of them uh, in the time that we actually just, you know, like did our day jobs. Sure. Uh, I'm speaking, of course, of Steven Soderbergh and his film, No Sudden Move, which is a film uh, that was, uh, you know, in a list that encompasses Nightmare Alley as a, a noir film. I think no, uh, no Sudden Move was the most noir noir that I'd seen uh, yeah. um, in a while, uh, both visually interesting in terms of the techniques that he employs, but also uh, just a delightful onion skin of a movie, which just peels into deeper, deeper layers, uh, revealing both 
economic inequality, uh, environmental inequality, the the sort of um, the corruptedness of uh, capitalism, um, but with a kind of sly, subtle uh, hope towards the end of it. Um, with uh, Don Cheadle turning in, I think, one of his best performances ever uh, mm. for a pretty well-storied career. And I'm not including uh, Space Jam, A New Legacy, by the way. Um, yeah. Uh, this, uh, Why, is that the better one? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, no, that is not the better oh. one. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, the, this, this movie is uh, such... Um, and you know, it's just this, I guess there's a quality to Steven Soderbergh, which is like, he just churns these things out. like it, like it ain't no thing. And so mm. when he turns about and it ain't no thing and it's this good, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't understand him. Uh, but I, uh, adore everything he does. It was such a fun ride. Um, it, it felt, it felt, um, it, it I don't know how to put it, but it felt sort of like. In- incredibly large in its small moments like mm. everything felt like it absolutely mattered and it was like uh, it was a life and death situation i mean even like just just the way that the the sort of mystery sort of rolls through this entire movie uh not even mystery just sort of the the cause and effect let's yeah. say uh was absolutely breathtaking I, I i had a very good time with that movie yeah um my number good enough three to appear on your list uh no no damn it no um, my number three film, I would even consider this, I, I it's so cliche, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is Spider-Man No Way Home. Okay. I haven't seen it. So. Uh, it is, um, much like Endgame was sort of the, um, the end of a story in a certain way, this took not only 11 years of films, but nearly 20 something years of films and gave me a button. Hmm. And I'm not saying that th- this is going to be the weird thing. I- I'm going with sort of emotional resonance because this took a- an era of my life and brought it into the forefront with, with adding, uh, you know, Willem Dafoe, Tobey Maguire, uh, a bunch of folks from the, the Raimi films, and then, uh, you know, sort of giving a, a bit of a redemption arc to Andrew Garfield, who I love, mm-hmm. um, but I think got kind of squandered in the films that he was in. Um, and it was such a love letter to the character and a love letter to where the character has been in film. And I can look at the different versions and the different things and stuff, and it just it just felt great to watch. Okay. Um, it I I couldn't. It has so many fucking plates spinning, and it doesn't drop them. And I don't understand how that's possible. Like, it I don't know. It it, it it's a it's a it's a fun movie in and of itself. It's emotionally resonant for me. And the filmmaking craft to balance all of the plates that it is doing is no nothing short of miraculous, especially in a big budget nonsense movie. Hmm. Um, there's so many things that a lesser film would leave by the wayside and just be like, ah, oh, whatever, we're gonna punch stuff next. Like, um, anyway, I, I, it, it was wonderful, and I'm so glad it exists. I did not think it would be uh, as good as it was. I, I have yet to see it. Uh, there, I, I'm starting to feel more comfortable going to the movie theater uh, because actually uh, Omicron hit just as Spider-Man No Way Home yeah. was coming out. And so I actually canceled my trip to the movie theater um, when that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an interesting thing that happened for me, which is that when you're not 
uh, having to engage in the Marvel conversation, the impetus to see them really fell away from me, which was like, I'll watch these when I want to watch them kind of thing. Mm, yeah. And, and you know, I did watch Eternals this year, um, which I sort of liked for some parts of it, you know, like sort of 50-50 on it. Yeah, uh, Eter- Eternals I want to revisit. I yeah. really liked it in the moment, uh, and I, I have fond memories of it, but I want to kind of make sure. <laughs> yeah. I think, it, for me, uh, look, we're not talking about the Eternals, but it was more that I was kind of impressed at what it did as opposed yeah. to what it yeah. was. Um, but yeah, I, I, I will watch Spider-Man No Way Home at some point, uh, and uh, you, it appearing uh, so high on your list is, is not perhaps surprising so no uh, it, it's not surprising at some point you have to embrace the fact that elements of your life are cliche and <laughs> i will take the spider-man hit in this particular moment that's fine i i mean i'm i'm happy to go see batman because batman is important uh in my life uh yeah but you know yeah yeah uh what are we at where are we at we we have our last clip from the party All this right. is uh old time friends of the show this is will nick and uh live via satellite Kristen. Okay. Um, satellite. Nice. Uh, well, I, well, technically that's true because she wasn't on a cell phone, so I'm sure that bounced off a satellite at one point. I yeah. am correct. Here's their movies for 2021. Let's go. Hey, Kristen. Hi. Hi. You're 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 not in the room, but you're here in spirit. I need to hear what film you enjoyed watching in 2021. I am a sucker for a movie musical, <laughs> so I really enjoyed In the Heights. I okay. Have to say. Okay. Liked In the Heights a lot, and I'd like to give um, honorable mention to Cruella. Is it Emma Stone's performance? Is there anything else that's special about it? Like, what was the what was what what drew that honorable mention? The fashion, baby. Oh, it's well, like, fuck. It's literally like like a work of art. Like the entire movie is just every costume and the attention to detail and just like, I mean, it's incre- it's truly incredible. Like you should watch it just for that reason. Okay. Like it's so good. I'm going to jump to Matt. Matt. Okay. 2021, favorite film of the year. What you got? Actually, the favorite one I saw was um, Hunt for the Wilder People. Um, hadn't yes! seen it before. That's a fun one. Love. Oh, that I so love Taika Waititi. Obviously, he's you know Taika Waititi. Yep. Um, and just kind of put it on on a random weekend night, and it was just amazing. All right, good call. I like that. Will. You know, I came in with a completely different movie, and then I stumble upon Barb and Star and watched it twice in the same day because yeah. I had so much fun because it just reminded me of how much I loved Austin Powers, and it was just, it was very like that. Like, the jokes were coming into me. I was like, I'm oh, I'm in it. I know what they're doing. I'm in. They got me. They hooked me. What was Wait your other minute. one? I was going to say Zola. I had bought tickets very early with me and a friend and we were the only two people in the theater and I had a great time at the movie seeing Zola. Amazing. So, mm-hmm. Amazing. All right. Good deal. Nick. Yes. Take us home. Free guy. Uh, I don't know if it's popped up at all. It has. Um, so we much We were talking fun. about with Alex. Um, Kristen did not see it um, in theaters with me but we watched it streaming. I saw it on the plane too. It was just a lot of fun and kept me engaged. Uh, and we and play it, a lot of Grand Theft Auto online so yes, it really kind of lines exactly. up. Exactly. And then, Will, you can kind of sidebar with this, uh, Pig mm. with oh, Nicolas just, Cage. Yes. That, the Nick no, Cage movie? No. That was a uh, definite, for me, was a uh, airplane movie. Okay, but it, what's good to know is that like this is this is where he got his start. Young start. Up- upcomer, Nicolas Cage. Um, never Fresh, been Fresh, new. Is there, is there some kind of time loop going on here? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. I believe there is. Never heard of him. 
I completely forgot my buddy Matt was in that one. I'm so sorry. Shout out to my buddy Matt, who, who, who saw Hunt for the Wilder People for the first time in 2021, um, which I was happy to hear on his list. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an amazing movie. I, I think we're starting to pick some winners of the top 20 of 21. And I, th- I honestly, at this stage, it's Free Guy and Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. So far. Right? So Those far. are the winners of 2021 at this point, unless these oh, Knicks oh. two can change that around. Or if our listener emails can change that around. Yeah, I right? mean, there's, there's a lot to go. So, yeah, so we're going to do our number twos. Then we're going to do two of our listeners' top tens, which are so interesting. And then we're going to do our number one. All right. Shahir. first for my number two? Yeah, yeah, number two. Is uh, This has not appeared on your list, but it has appeared in this conversation. And that is James Samuel, The Harder They Fall. A, mo- mm. a Wisson... That uh, I think SVP was the one who talked about it being revisionist, but all Westerns are. Yep. Uh, again, listen to uh, Sam Elliott talk about the power of the dog, uh, j- uh, which happened on the Mark Maron podcast this week to, talk, to, 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 to kind of open up a, uh. Uh, a Pandora's box of uh, discussions around revisionist Westerns. But uh, The Harder They Fall knocked me on my ass. The two movies that are at my top list are genre movies through and through. They are movies that are deeply... Uh, uh, ingrained within a long story tradition of uh, um, genre. And these were both of these movies, not to talk about uh, The Heart of They Fall uh, in isolation, but in context here, were movies that took the genres and wielded them for their own good. Mm. And The Heart of They Fall, James Samuel, his precision with music, his understanding of the power of the cinematic landscape and of Idris Elba and of Regina King um, just incredible uh, you know like for, again this is uh, a debut film um, but uh, you know there are other things uh, other works in in his body that uh, uh, are slightly longer as well but this is uh, uh, you know to talk about a filmmaker that just knocked it out the park on their first go. Yeah. Uh, this is outstanding. As a first film, it's, it's absolutely nuts. And, and, and again, I go back to, I, I am not a, I am not a Western fan. Yeah. And I watched this movie and I was like, fuck <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What a, what a, what a wonderful remix of a ride. Um, I don't know. I, that movie's great. Uh, my number two is a film I knew would not be on your list, Shahir. Oh boy, <laughs> was it The Eternals? No. Okay. No, I was wish it. No it time was. to die. No. No. Okay. Are these just films that you hadn't seen in the? Yeah, the... these are just films I hadn't seen. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, this is uh, the movie that uh, I, if Spider-Man was my past, <laughs> this was my present. Uh, it is Bo Burnham's Inside. Mm, mm, yeah, uh, you know, it, it actually did came. It did come close to appearing on my list. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, the, I I, uh, I was not expecting this uh, film from from Bo Burnham. I was, to be honest, like I knew of Bo Burnham. I had heard him before. I was like, ah, oh, silly songs, nice, uh, funny comedian, you know, whatever. Um, and uh, eighth grade, the movie we reviewed. And eighth grade, yes. And then eighth grade is when I I honestly started to pay attention, and then this came out. And it spoke to uh, a lot of what I was going through during the pandemic. And um, 
there there are of course you know there are uh criticisms of this uh film uh a couple different ones of course and they uh some of them have merit i think others do not but i i found myself if if, if we're looking at level of engagement from content from a movie in 2021 I engaged with this the most from a pure time perspective. There's no question. Either it was rewatching it uh, or or um, listening to the listening to the songs. Mm. Um, it 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 spoke to a very difficult time, and uh, and it and it helped me sort of parse my feelings about it. And I think it was a master class in, uh, in do it yourselfism. Yeah. <laughs> he did the entire thing, uh, sort of by himself. Uh, and again, n- n- not like truly in isolation. He of course had his family and whatever, but he spent a year making this thing in a side in a side room. And um, yeah, I don't know. It 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 blew me away, and I it was again a year of surprises. I was not ready for that. Yeah, and you know, without a doubt, if there's any movie to define the COVID period, um, it would be this one, right? Yeah. Like, there's no movie that, uh, perhaps, again, Steven Soderbergh's new film Kimmy might also um, yeah. be be a, a COVID film, uh, but there is no more COVID a film than uh, Bo Burnham's Inside, uh, without a doubt. Good choice. Yeah, yeah. All right, I think, I think, I think it's time to do some uh, listener top 10. We had two very wonderful lists, uh, both uh, not only succinct, but very apt, and I wanted to hit them before we we went into our number ones. All right. Uh, The first is from listener Jay. So Jay, top 10, 2021. Hello, Shahir and Matt. This is Jay, and these are my top 10 films of 2021. At number 10, I have The Last Duel. Though I wasn't enamored with the first two-thirds, the final arc of the film, and Jodie Comer's performance, won me over. At number nine, I have Memoria, a beautiful film that has been hampered by a bad release strategy. Even though I resorted to alternative methods to watch it, I can't wait to see it on the big screen when it finally makes its way to a theater near me, probably in the year 2035. At number eight, I have Barb and Star go to Vista del Mar. Sorry, Shahir, I have to agree with Matt on this one. This was the most fun I had watching a movie this year. At number seven, I have Licorice Pizza. Speaking of fun, Licorice Pizza may be morally ambiguous, but it is also unambiguously a great time. It was a joyful trip down someone else's memory lane. At number six, I have Nightmare Alley. I agree with both of you here. This is a perfect film. At number five, I have The French Dispatch. I love Wes Anderson, but I struggle to emotionally connect with most of his work. This is the rare exception. The final scenes are quietly devastating, thanks particularly to an incredible performance by Jeffrey Wright. At number four, I have Old. At turns strange, terrifying, tragic, and beautiful, Old captures the anxieties of growing old. It is also filled with some of M. Night Shyamalan's weirdest creative choices, in a good way. At number three, I have The Suicide Squad. No one makes comic book movies quite like James Gunn. The balance of self-aware cynicism and emotionally vulnerable sincerity works so well. And, as a bonus, it leads into the HBO Max series Peacemaker, which is easily one of the best comic book shows I have seen. At number two, I have The Power of the Dog. I don't know that I can say anything about this film that hasn't already been said. 
Jane Campion's beautiful visual storytelling elevates an already impressive film. And at number one, I have The Matrix Resurrections, a movie that justifies three-hour-long podcasts. It is everything I didn't know I wanted from a Matrix sequel, but most of all, it is a hopeful and sincere film at a time when hope and sincerity are difficult to come by. Ah, Jay! 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 Thank you so much! Thank you so much for putting that in, and also putting us to shame in how succinct and tight your thoughts are yeah um, we could just air that yeah like, I think we, we don't have to, should we just should we just just stop we should just right release now? that as a list because that's yeah a, that's a great list and also a list that features memoria as well as barb and star go to vista del mar in the <laughs> like right after each other uh memoria i've been dying to see it was uh put in a sort of traveling road show yeah. sort of format where they would bring it to uh, certain theaters for short periods of time uh that is a, a pitched song uh we the call film uh, i actually was lucky enough to see his uh his film uncle bonney can remember his past lives in a theater with uh, him in attendance uh and it was mesmerizing so i would uh love to see memoria also to see tilda swinton get weird old hitting uh, <laughs> uh the number four as well um you know it, it what i love about jay's list as well is a good reminder that Films that are like when old came out, I was like, yeah, I want to see, you know, mm-hmm. M. Night Shyamalan doing a new horror film. Uh, I, you know, I was like, yeah, I want to see that. Um, it got fairly scathing reviews, but again, he, M. Night Shyamalan has never, uh, you know, maybe aside from the happening, but even the happening is sort of like an, an unbearably watchable train wreck. Uh, um, I'm, I'm always there for what he's got to put out because I always think whatever he's got to put out is interesting. Uh, and you know, in alignment with you on the Matrix as well. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I really love that list. Also, side note, just mm. to, just to, if we're doing tallies, I think mm. right yeah. now between you, me, and everyone else we've spoke to, mm. I think the the winners in mentions are the Suicide Squad and Barb and Star. Barb and Star, Nightmare Alley landed right in the same place with our lists. Uh, as well for Jay. Oh no 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 Nightmare Alley. You're 100 percent right. Yeah, Nightmare Alley. So it's, it's a triple tie for three. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do think we should do Licorice Pizza as a, as an episode. Well, we're going to be talking about it uh, uh, in our Oscar episodes. We as well, can. But. You can buy it on Apple now. Oh good. Okay. Yep. So, they're, so they're all available to stream. They're have you all available to stream. I have not. I just watched King Richard. Okay. Right. Um, and I'm slowly but surely churning through them. All right. Uh, all right. Next up, friend of the show, Jacob. With with, uh, their top 10. Here we go. Hello, it's Jacob, and I'm here to give you my top 10 films of 2021. Number 10, West Side Story. Maria, so stuck in my head. Please get out, Maria. Number 9, The French Dispatch. Wes Anderson somehow pulling all the threads in a way that gut punches me while surprising me, even though he does it every time. Number 8, Come On, Come On. I didn't know if I loved it while watching it, but now I just keep saying, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And that mantra has really stuck with me. Number seven, the worst person in the world. Told in 12 parts, I was like, that's a lot of parts, but it was breezy and expansive at the same time. Number six, the green knight. It kind of just is in my bones now. It stuck with me, all the visuals and what's going on metaphorically. It's in there. Got to give it credit. Number five, drive my car. A scene with a simple compliment basically brought me to tears. So that is a huge accomplishment. Number four, Spencer. It just really gripped me with its music and its mood and showed me that women are just fighting against so much to 
create love and beauty in this world. And number three, The Last Duel, did the same thing in a whole different time with a bunch of gruesome, gritty fights, which just really, like, put into stark perspective what's going on there and how upsetting it is. Number two, Pig. What does it mean to care about things in this world? And what does it mean to try to have nothing to care about in order to avoid that sort of pain? That's just, oh man, really got me. And number one, Nine Days. I always have a film that I just want to rewatch again. It's not a film that changes every year. For a while, it was Arrival, and then it was Columbus, which I actually saw in a theater for the first time in 21, by the way. And now it's Nine Days. It somehow manages to talk about filmmaking, the afterlife, dreams, and purpose in a way that is so, 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 so very good. Go watch it. All right, here's to more films in 2022. Jacob. Jacob! Jacob! I'm so glad you wrote that in. Again, so many great films on here that, like, I have not seen. Nine Days has appeared on a number of critics' top ten lists. And when it does, what I found with Nine Days is when it does appear on a a critics' top ten list, it appears at number one, Mm. without a doubt. Like, um, that's a film about the, uh, I think, Purgatory and the Afterlife. Um, And uh, I I believe it's also a first film as well that didn't maybe have the best release strategy. Uh, But anyone who's discovered that film uh, has loved it. Um, Come On, Come On was a movie that early in the Oscar season had all the buzz in the world. It was a Mike uh, Mike Mills film starring Joaquin Phoenix um, in black and white, no less, uh, that seemed to like completely fall off the radar. Um, so I am excited to get into revisit that. I caught Spencer this year as well. That's what I was going to say. That's the one I really want to see. Spencer is terrific. Pablo Lorraine, you know, uh, sort of recapping his uh women in crisis mode uh, movies uh, like he did with Jackie, uh, with Natalie Portman. It is, you know, like... My Chevalier and I watched it together, and I was like, "Yeah, this is that good. It's <laughs> that good." And again, I love both these film, uh, both these uh, listeners uh, mentioned the French Dispatch. Again, a movie I just caught over the weekend, and I was like disappointed that I didn't get to see it in the theater. Uh, I watched it, and um, it broke my heart that I didn't see that movie in a the theater um, because that is, yeah, like I say, it. Uh, if I said it before, if. If we had to, if we had done that, I would say that it'd probably be on my number one film of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so again, thank you everyone that wrote us in uh, onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. Again, both Jacob and Jay uh, showing us how it's done. Yeah, seriously. Thank you. Thank you both. That was, that was very kind of you to, to, to take the time. Uh, and and also to show us up and do our jobs better <laughs> than we do. Um, okay. The time is most certainly nigh. Okay. Um, Shahir. What was your number one film we reviewed in 2021? This is a film that appeared on your list. Ooh. But much lower on your list. Uh-oh. Uh, I had an interesting year where I was trying to, uh, again, watch films with my son. And uh, it was challenging at times. But and there were and there were a few times where we actually agreed and there was lots of arguing and yelling and you know like we could I I can't get him to watch a movie but when we did we watched this particular film and we both found it delight we were both giggling uh, with how great this movie was uh, it has appeared on your list my number one movie of the year is the Mitchells versus the Machines nice uh, it's so much fun and it also. There's, again, you know, in terms of that existential sadness that I have in my heart, 
there is this sadness to this film in the idea that it is tough to find your tribe, to find mm-hmm. the people who will do the things, who, who will be there for you when you want to let your freak flag fly and be as weird as you want to be. Uh, and then the gentle reminder in this film is that there are those people in your life that are usually your family, and they'll always be there for you, even if they sometimes don't show it. And um, again, in the in the mode of a genre film, working so efficiently as a film, you know, like this thing moves at rapid fire pace, uh, never misses a beat, never misses a joke, has one of the best uh, superhero reveals of a of a movie ever. Um, yeah, this is just uh, endlessly rewatchable. Uh, and uh, easy to, you know, e- if you have a Netflix subscription, it's right there. Yeah. Uh, so good. Yeah, I, it's a fucking great movie. I'm so happy that was your number one. That's yeah. awesome. Um, what was yours? Yeah. Well, mine uh, was also a film that was brought up uh, across, the, across the board here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was shocked it hit this this point um sheer do you want to take a guess or do you just want me to Wait, say it so it's uh it's a film that's been mentioned mm-hmm. um but it's not one Ooh, it's not okay it's not the lost daughter no i feel it like it was mentioned by daughter. a guest is it the last deal it is the last duel. It is the last deal. My number one film i i i know everyone i was shocked too um, this is a movie I saw and I didn't like at the beginning. <laughs> and then as it rolled, it twisted and turned and moved in a way that made me respect the exercise of what it was actually doing. And I gotta say it, it, it truly, uh, it truly knocked my socks off. I, it is a movie that I have basically, I have determined it's like, this is a once a year movie for me. Like, straight up. That's what it's going to be. I was absolutely lost in every performance, and I couldn't believe that I was losing Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Like I, I like it was when you think about that, that sort of mental gymnastics, it's, it's quite weird and funny. Um, And, and I got to say the, the Ridley Scott, who I, I really like as a director. I, I just, I, um, I, I don't like for whatever reason it's always been a bit of a of a black hole for me not mm-hmm. not his filmography of course but like I never like remember oh, like oh yeah Ridley Scott but like you go down all of this stuff and it's just it's I don't know um I I was blown away I I loved uh Jodie Comer was phenomenal Adam Driver as well uh and uh yeah I don't know this movie this shocked the hell out of me for how much it stuck with me and I, I liked the way um, Jacob said that the Green Knight got in his bones. I was like, this movie, this movie, uh, <laughs> The Last Duel got in my bones. Got right um, up in your bones. Yeah. Well, Ben Affleck, you know, he's definitely up there. You know, uh, there, there's this whole thing with um, uh, John Cena being massive Damon. Then there's Jesse Plemons being myth Damon. And then there's Matt Damon being, Matt, you know, just Matt Damon. Right? Sure. Yeah, I, there's a lot of there's a lot of diamonds going around this year. I really did like the last duel, uh, not quite enough to to put it on a list, but I did think it was a sharp movie. Yeah, you know, and a sharp it and, just yeah, 
in the world felt lived in, which mm. which for medieval pieces is so fucking difficult. <laughs> like it felt like a real place. Mm. And uh I don't know. I France. I Merry yeah. old France. Welcome Merry to France. Merry old France. Welcome, Welcome to, France. to France, governor. <laughs> that's, yes, that's a perfect French accent. That's, that's exactly what they were doing in that movie. Well, this has been the only podcast about our top ten films that we have reviewed this year. Shahir, we did it. We did it. Uh, Thank what a year it was, too. What a year it was. Thank you, everybody, so much for sticking around and listening to us. And uh, thank you so much to all of our wonderful guests, our listeners coming in, all the people who I harangued at a holiday party to talk about films. <laughs> thank you so much. It's uh, it's well, This is one of our favorite. This is this is our awards season. This is yeah. our Oscars. Of course, we'll do an Oscar episode, but like that's not as fun, I would argue. <laughs> I want to say this episode is a special one because it is episode 365, which means now there is actually... A full year's worth of episodes. Holy uh, we shit! We do one episode a day uh, for a full year, and don't uh, do that. You will, uh, be, you will traverse the ever-changing spectrum of Matt and Shahir's cinematic journey over the course of five years, six years, seven six years? years, six years, going on seven, probably. How long will we be doing this? No, no. I, 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 uh, I guess Shahir. Final thought for 2021. Do you have one for for the year other than Barb and Star being the ultimate winner based on four mentions? I think Barb. Star is the ultimate winner of 2021. What was the name of the uh, the mermaid in Barb and Star? Uh, <laughs> played by Bonnie Raitt, I believe it was. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I I can I can sense that Jamie and Elise are kind of like slamming the keyboards against the wall, or like slamming their iPods against the wall or iPhones against the wall, listening to this. Uh, but we hope that Bonnie is it Bonnie. I hope it was Bonnie Raitt. The mermaid comes to save us from uh, 2021. It feels like, and I don't want to jinx it feels like we're starting to make our way away from the pandemic into other shittiness. But I there worry some, that... I, yeah. I mean, you know... It, I, I it, worry that because the other shittiness is so big as well and it's the new shittiness that yeah. everyone's just sort of moved on. I don't know. But I, I like that know. movies are still here. They're still reflecting truths upon us. They're still speaking to us in ways. We're still finding meaning within them. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. and I think that's important. No, that's fair. I, I agree with that entirely. I am thankful to do this uh, uh, podcast with you for another year. The The 2021 films, uh, especially in this sort of like hybrid viewing model, uh, were just as effective, if not in some cases more so, depending on uh, which films we are talking about and where we watch them. And yeah, I don't know. This, this was a pretty fucking good year for movies when the world around us is burning. So right. uh, <laughs> I, that's hyper impressive. Uh, Shahir, when you are not picking a completely arbitrary uh, ordering of 10 movies you loved to see this year, where can folks find you? You can find me flipping it and reversing it on my website at www.shahirdad.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D.com or D-U-A-D-R-I-H-A-H-S dot www backwards uh matt when you are having to endure uh all of my nonsense where can people find you did i just have a stroke <laughs> was that what that was that was me flipping and reversing it oh okay oh my okay. god uh you can find me uh catching my breath at my website m-a-t-t-h-e-w-k-r-o-l.com my life and works also skeletor the number four p-r-e-z on instagram or p-s-n if you want to find me on elden ring or of course emperor msk on twitter um please check out the good works we're doing over at extra credits by the time this comes out we will have done a phenomenal 
uh, episode on time loops and why video games are the best possible uh, way to tell a time loop narrative. We also did a phenomenal um, episode one-off on Mary Toft. Are you familiar with Mary Toft? She? I am not familiar with Mary Toft. Mary uh, Toft is a woman back in the day who claimed she gave birth to rabbits and doctors witnessed and believed her. Ooh, I wonder uh, if uh, uh, the film The Favorite uh, has any allusions to There's some Mary Top vibes. Yeah. There's some Mary Top vibes. So please go check that stuff out. But wait, everybody. There's one yet. more thing. Shahir. I, uh, in 2021, I have tried to uh, engage the cinematic movie going experience with my son, uh, which we would have normally done at a movie theater because he did enjoy going to a movie theater and eating popcorn, but we weren't able to do that. In fact, he got COVID at one point and was stuck in the living room for 10 days straight. Uh, and so this, uh, we he watched a certain movie over and over and over again. Uh, and he loved it. And then he, he loved it so much that he wanted me to watch it. And... I loved it too, and so I took the opportunity to record just a little, a uh, couple of minutes. Uh, actually, to be honest with you, the real recording was of like 25 minutes, and I cut it down to two <laughs> minutes um, of, of, of my son telling us about his favorite movie of the year. Uh, and I hope that the, that the experience of hearing a little person getting jazzed about movies uh, is something that you enjoy and we'll take with you as you go see whatever it is you're going to see next. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 I just took a lot of pleasure at my son getting very excited about his favorite movie of the year, which we are going to hear right now. All right. Be, be warned, there is singing, there is some bad language, there is a little bit of yelling, you know. So it's basically our show. He's hard to control. What's up, internet? What's up, internet? What's up, internet? What's up, internet? What's the movie we're going to be talking about today? Encanto, Encanto. How many times have you seen Encanto? Three or four times. I can't remember. I've only seen it once. Yeah. And you wanted to show it to me, so I, you made me watch it. Yeah, so. <laughs> Did you like it? I love it, Can dude. I tell you something? What? I loved it. <laughs> I think it's so cool. The music is so much fun. Yeah. I love the colors. I love you, the way it looks. It, my favorite song in it is, it's what else can I do? What else can I do? Tell everybody what the movie is about. The movie is about a family that gets blessings and like, and they get a magical gift, but Mirabel doesn't get one. Uh, how do you think Mirabel felt about not getting a gift though? Um, in when, when Antonio gets his gift, she felt she feels bad. Yeah, I actually felt really bad when she didn't get a gift. I felt really sad for her. Yeah. Can I just tell you um, my favorite characters from it? Yeah, sure. Dolores, Isabel, and Bruno. Bruno is the character that can do the visions, and Isabel is the one who can do the flowers, and Dolores is the one that can hear. Yeah, you like her? Yeah, I, I don't really like her power. I just like her voice. Really? Yeah, her voice is really good. What is it? What does her voice sound like? I can't. I, it's so good, I can't replicate it. Oh, really? Which which character do you want to be? Ooh, I think Louisa is pretty cool with like being so strong. I'd love to be able to lift five donkeys. I'd want to be Isabella. You want to be Isabella yeah. with the flowers? Yeah. Yeah, I think you'd make a great Isabella. Except she's a girl. Yes, that's okay. On Halloween this year, I think I'm gonna dress up as Isabella. And you're gonna have to, we're gonna have to have so many flowers. We're gonna have to get all those little flowers to follow you around. Say thank you to everybody for listening in. Thank you for everybody listening to 
whatever the podcast is called, I forget. We don't have a name for it yet. And And this is the longest song about podcast, and it's the worst. Everybody knows butts are stupid, and poop in, and poop comes out of butts. So I hope you like butts, because I don't know where butts are, and everybody hates them. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, that's that. That took a turn. That, that's a that's a conversation with my son about movies. <laughs>